to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, brave adventurer, as you step out of the burning, crumpled wreckage of the year 2021 and stride forth boldly into the burning, crumpled wreckage of the year 2022. We welcome you to the Big Red Couch, episode episode 169. I'm not doing the joke. I did it out last time on purpose. How are you doing, Craig? I started doing a voice and now I can't stop. I don't, I'm impressed that you kept the voice for that long, though a little disappointed that I didn't get to do some sort of response to the unmentionable number joke. But The sex know, number joke, yes. Yeah. The sex number joke, yes. <laughs> But I can live with it, because if there is one thing that 2021 has taught us all, and I suspect there isn't, but assuming there is, it's how to deal with disappointment. Yeah, fair. No, that's that's, that's right. I, I'm, I'm just glad that I got the num- numbers representing the years in the right order, probably. Yeah, so it's... um. It's been a whole thing. So, yes, welcome everybody. Uh, my name is Ben. I use the pronouns he and him. Sweltering slowly into a puddle in Auckland, New Zealand, where it has been jolly warm, but mostly because when this house, when these houses were built 50 years ago, things were different, I think. <laughs> and over on the other side of the world... In similarly uh, sweltering status, yes. Not even slightly. Sorry, um, the canal froze a little bit this week, which didn't really affect the the swans at all because a swan is a fairly serious chunk of of bird technology. I am I am Craig, by the way. I should probably point that out. Um, I also <laughs> use he him, but I'll also answer to they them. And indeed, two various things that sound close enough to my name that it's reasonably clear who they're talking to. So <laughs> there's there's that. Yes, the canal froze to a level where it was possible to support... It could support a duck or a seagull, but, but not a swan. So you sort of got swans acting as icebreakers, which is hilarious from a distance. I wasn't right. willing to find it hilarious close up because... It, Swans are bitey. And they, uh, yes, well, so they've just been crunching around in the ice looking for, well, places to dabble, I suspect, but, yeah. Mm. So, no, it, is, it has not been sweltering here. It has, in fact, been <laughs> really quite cold. Not quite at, at what I understand in Scotland would be the Big Coat territory. I'm not right. 100 Small on what house, a Big Coat is. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's like a house, or it's a coat with house grade of insulation in it. I'm hazy on the details, but apparently you can tell it's bad when you have to get out the big coat. And yes, it's, it's less of the burning wreckage. I've got to be honest, we, we, we're not really out in the burning wreckage. We've got more of the, the, the chilly, the sun's gone dim and is slowly going out sort of, of apocalyptic vibe for uh, 2022. Massively helped by in in certain aspects by the people who 
like to drive around in cars with mufflers that don't exist or have had holes punched through them. So you're really getting that kind of Mad Max post-apocalyptic, poorly maintained um, vehicle vibe. Hmm. Excellent. I'm not sure if Frost... Is Frostpunk a thing? Uh, it is literally the name of video game. Oh. Which is like SimCity, but it has more uh, frostbite amputations and um, child labour. I mean, it worries me that somebody decided that was a segment of the market that they needed to go for, but, I mean, given that it... I, I'm guessing it existed. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It, it's a very it's a very tenuous game full of um, awkward moral choices. So I'll, I'll send you a video that... Uh, Jacob, I think it was Jacob Geller. Hmm. I'll put that in the show notes. With fascinating reflections on cold and how it is represented in media and video games. Good, good, good retelling of a Jack London story, which is all you know, um, hypothermia and uh, freezing to death. So fun times. I, wow. Hmm. Jack London is good for stories about freezing to death. Um, hmm. Fairly mow it if you want people attempting not to urinate on wolves. But Jack London for it's cold and I had to kill something with an axe. <laughs> Indeed. Speaking of killing things with an axe, who uh, told you? We have a, a, an excellent, though. Well, I find it vague, found it vaguely troubling until I assembled some some pieces to put together. Prompt from the mind of Terry. I set the filter to adventure. Which kind of gave me the the voice thing. I don't know where, where exactly that came from. Some sort of rogue spirit, I suspect. It has the "Welcome to the World of Tomorrow, Your Destiny Awaits" sort of Futurama yeah, okay. vibe. Oh, cool. Fair enough. I I came up with an idea for this. Um, it was me being quite literal, but that's that's kind of on brand for me, I suppose. Hmm, that is. Uh, h- how about you? Did you also come up with an idea for this, or am I? Indeed, mine is mine is mired in popular popular culture and tropes like and has a weird unwieldy mechanic that i'll never i'll never probably figure out based on pop psychology so also i'm keeping to my lane the best possible idea i i am excited to hear this so in shall i go first given the fact that when we were off air we decided i should go first um that sounds like an excellent uh, basis for that decision <laughs> okay cool all right so like i said I went literal with this. So imagine your standard issue, science fictional, kind of color-coded jumpsuit utopian society. Everybody you know, has what they need, and they've gotten very, very good at sort of personality analysis and personality modeling. And one of the big goals of the society is to make sure that everybody has, has something to do has, has a way of contributing that, even if it doesn't necessarily make them happy, will at least give them a sense of fulfillment. It's Myers-Briggs Town. A little bit, yeah, but is Myers-Briggs the one with the four-letter code? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm whatever one is the type of person who can't remember what their four-letter code is. Uh, I think I might be one of those as well. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's a specific code for IT person, but I feel like there should be. It would just be simpler. Uh, considering that, like half them, well, like a quarter of them, literally have to start with IT. Probably, um, but mm. there are different types. But and it's 
useful in some degrees, and I've talked with somebody with management experience recently, which is mildly terrifying. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of a world that, like, oh. It really feels more like um, something that people can, like, gently rest their snap decisions on. Like a sort of a, like a trophy case kind of thing. But I'm sure it's helpful. It helps people frame things. And I'm going to be abusing a similar sort of thing later on. So we do have a bit of, uh, bit of crossover. So, ooh, go us. So, and I, I interrupted with Myers-Briggs Town. So these people are all in uh, roles that they can do and they find fulfilling to some degree. But it's all very structured and, and a little bit kind of uh, too organised. A little bit, yes. It's your, it's, you know, if this is a Star Trek episode, it's the planet they visit where everybody is very nice. And over the course of the episode, the inhabitants learn to sort of lighten up a bit. That that, that kind of thing. That there's... Oh, that ground, at least, that groundbreaking episode. Oh, come on, guys. Just, just let it hang out. <laughs> just chill. Come on. Seriously. Have a bang on this. It'll be fun. Anyway. Um, that's definitely original series. Yeah, but I, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like almost the, the alternate idea. Because, I mean, when you first said Star Trek, I thought, oh, yeah, that's kind of like the folks in Star Trek. They get different colored uniforms and they're all a bit square. But the idea that you're having a, a very 60s, very laid back Starfleet roll up to the sort of place, that planet of the Nimrods and go, oh, guys, well... It's, this is all really, you know, cool, but when you just, like, hang. <laughs> We've away. got beanbag chairs. <laughs> <laughs> that, that strikes me as amusing if the Starfleet was actually just basically people in a van. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I find that there way was, too amusing. There was a... Um, a, a very good a very good and very amusing thread on the RPG net forums many years ago obviously to do with the I think it was the two hundred dollar uh, hyperdrive that it was basically your, your standard issue sort of science fiction stutter warp drive where it only it only goes a fairly short distance but it does it in no time at all and the idea being that this thing could be built for about 200 bucks by somebody who could follow a circuit diagram and had access to a radio shack. Hmm. And so there was it was an interesting it was an interesting sort of conversation thread for for a couple of reasons that you had people who were having great fun in sort of making up the sorts of places that you might get if the galaxy was was civilized was was colonized by the type of people who would build this device strap it to their Winnebago and go off to found their own planet. Um, hmm. <laughs> And yeah, sort of the idea that the first that that sort of the militaries of the world would probably spend decades trying to build space battleships, whereas the first actual space battle was going to be fought between somebody in a Winnebago who'd strapped a couple of um, missile launchers to the side, and some other guy in a Pontiac who'd got a, um, a machine gun from somewhere and, and mounted it to the hood. Uh, this kind of thing, and that eventually when the warship turned up, it's probably going to get owned by a bunch of people in Winnebagos. So yes, yes. that I, I can absolutely see that happening. It's sort of a a Starfleet happening in that context of guys, chill. No, in any case, this is yes, this is this is Myers Briggsville. I'm not sure whether it's Myers Briggs Planet or just Myers Briggs City. City probably works better, mm. but whatever. So everybody gets you know, 
everybody has has a role, has a job. It's, I suspect, not the sort of thing that you have been assigned as a delivery boy. That is what you will do for your entire life. But it's more that it's kind of expected that you will be you will be contributing to society, but you will do it in a way that brings you some level of happiness and satisfaction. Hmm. And they have the the metrics to make sure this happens to, 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 to prove it. So it's a metopia. A little bit, yeah. A I little mean, it bit. works. It works, but it, 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 there is there is room for improvement. <laughs> Indeed. And this presumably is where the players come in. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, a problem has come up. A new situation. Realistically, it's something coming in. It, it's, it's some threat or some problem from the outside. And so they need... They need to find some people in their population who seem like they can deal with it. And so, as normally happens, somebody goes to the database, starts feeding in various search parameters, but things like exploration, danger, threat, you know, these things aren't really returning anything. Uh, They do eventually come up with a few candidates by sort of hunting through a dictionary of synonyms and going with... Well, okay, let's let's relax the tolerances and put in the word adventure, which is kind of all of those things, but with a positive spin. And they get a few people, the people who the the system say these people will be will be fulfilled and be happy by by being adventurous if we relax mm. the tolerances enough for a given value of adventure. They like they sometimes yeah. like sitting in different seats in the cafeteria or something like that. It's like, <laughs> if, yeah, because so, yeah, it, it's some it does this does something up like a paranoia esque kind of vibe. It, though I, I appreciate it, if you don't want to do that specifically. I was not thinking specifically paranoia, but yeah, the parallels the parallels are there. It would be yeah, you could go with paranoia if the computer wasn't insane and paranoid so in fact not right paranoia so at all so it's it's tolerable yeah and so a this is <laughs> and there's there's sort of two directions because this is me there's two directions the story could go you can you can either have the a bunch of people from this utopian society who, who are going to do a thing that they're not really that comfortable with or particularly equipped for sort of mentally and and in terms of skills go out there and discover that their utopian society is sort of the nice bit sitting on top of an enormous amount of dystopia. Um, mm-hmm. that sort of their society is the thing that's just destroying everything in its path to keep its people happy. I feel like that's a story that's already been done. So yes, I'm trying to think of the specific one where the, I might be the like THX1138 or something. Wow, George Lucas pulled his greatest trick, you know, the whole the, the devil pulled his greatest trick by making people remember the name of that damn movie. That is... Yeah. That is insane. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a moment. Um, the, the fact that you remember Daniel the name Lucas. of THX for once. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd always heard the argument that the, the greatest lie the devil ever told was spreadable butter, but, um, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, and not. That, that is it's bit... just not. Okay, so if you wanted to go in the direction of our entire um, wonderful civilization is built on a lie, fine. Well, hey, brilliant. Um, it doesn't even have to be a particularly exploitative lie. You could go with Logan's Run, where 
the world is not as we we appear it to be it appears to be and um it's not actually yeah we're not actually doing that well i kind of like the other approach where there is stuff outside of their society and presumably there are people out there because it's kind of nice to have for them to have something to to run into and there is a threat a problem but it's not necessarily caused by their wonderful metopian society I, I kind of like the idea that really what their metopia is is mostly guilty of is just ignoring the rest of the world and mm. the problems that exist in the rest of the world that they could have helped to fix if they'd paid any attention to them. Sort of what what the threat is, I had been initially thinking of like, okay, it's going to be some sort of rampaging army. Having played Wonder Home, I do wonder whether there is there is room for a a better approach that hmm. possibly the threat out there is a little less we're going to cut your bits off and a little bit more existential it's sort of a threat it's a threat to everyone and these people who apparently tick just over the statistical line for um, adventure possibly because they're the ones who climbed the highest on that stupid rope thing in gym class uh but i don't have issues were um you know were the ones who were sent out and so they, they they are going to to try to solve the problem as best they can with absolutely no idea how they're going to do it and very few relevant skills hmm interesting i have a couple of counter proposals just in case for, for funsies um Ooh. one is that this 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 is the um this is actually a the the, the your the sinisterly um milquetoast society is actually trying to preserve itself and they've created this false threat um in order to expel the most troublesome among them however it's worked really well for such a long time the most troublesome among them is not really very it's a very low bar to clear and of course the um the the, the redemption of that 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 shitty stick of the story stick is that there is actually a problem and they just happen to be the people that <laughs> that should be engaging with it because the, the the threat is the threat is manifested finally for some reason so that's a that's another way of of addressing it um or you ah. know you could you could take the the like further inspiration from wonder home and you have these kind of weird patchwork of technocratic societies that are all quite insular and a bit weird and the characters wander off into this place to try and figure out what the problem is and end up solving a bunch of problems. Maybe the the, the, the larger threat is out there. Maybe the threat is these people just, you know, they, there is no community greater than these weird enclaves. And maybe that, that is the, uh, ultimately, the you know, maybe the big spinning reels of data tape, the computer has gone, oh, I've got to, I, I've, I, I've realized there is an issue here sort of partitioning these people into uh, groups that, that won't conflict with one another means they inevitably are going to conflict on a global scale at some point. I fucked up. <laughs> Quick fix it. <laughs> Somebody fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I, di- I did idly wonder about that one. Sort of whether, yeah, whether the problem is actually an external problem or whether this is a system saying, well, actually, the problem's inside, but nobody will see it until they've stood outside. Mm. Yep, that's a, that's another take on it. Until somebody gets that perspective, they will never see the the looming threat. So yeah, or even or certainly not know what to do about it. It also put me vaguely in mind of flat pack, partially from the whole sort mm. of 
we are emerging from our our safe environment into an unknown one but you you, you could end up with very is it fallout which is is basically sort of uh, out of the bunker to get a water chip yep yep and has spread into sort of like somehow faux 1950s uh, culture and, and fashion has clung on for 100 or 200 years after the um, after the apocalypse and either mostly not changed or become some sort of weird cosplay Roman legion so yeah hmm. I'm properly playing uh, Fallout New Vegas with a bunch of mods and it's supposed to be the uh, the apex of storytelling and it's in, in, in the series and it's pretty good but suffers clearly from the um, we voice these a lot of these uh, characters lines so when you run out of voiced content they become very tedious <laughs> ah yeah yeah and they don't seem to react to the, um, the fact that somebody that kind of limped out of town barely able to um, deal with the geckos comes back with like a hat made out of something called a death claw and it was like yeah yep it's a little Timmy again. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. That's just a thing that happens. Yeah. It is just a thing that happens. But yes, it's um, the atmosphere is very good. The, the music, especially, I'm finding a uh, a treat. Gives me the stalker vibes. Ooh. Yes. For some reason, yes, I enjoyed one of the things I enjoyed most about that game was sort of huddling under some sort of half collapsed tin roof, listening to the dosimeter clatter away and. Listening to some sort of sad bellaika music in the distance. So, yeah. <coughs> okay. Makes a change from being murdered by mutants, of course. But yes, a nice change. It's, it's important to get some variety. Sort of a little bit of cowering, listening to the decimeter with some bellaika music. A little bit of being murdered by mutants. It's all about balance. <laughs> yes. It is what is good in life, Conan. <coughs> So yes, that was that. That was my idea. That was my. Um, I set the filter to adventure. Now I, I suspect it is the sort of story where the is very much a story of characters changing the world and being changed by the world. That the people mm. who come back mm. are not going to be the same as the ones uh, same as when they left to blatantly rip off. Um, oh yes, absolutely yes. When you, when you you return as Timmy the Deathclaw Slayer, the things will things will occur for sure. So it's uh, an interesting take on things. Yeah, I like it, uh, but I also kind of I I think it's I'm intrigued by like the the straight possibilities of it either being the threat is basically the disassociation and the atomization of all of these perfectly functional groups in and of themselves, but they're all kind of slowly stagnating and, 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 and just getting weird, certainly in one another's eyes. Or that the idea that the um, that the undesirables get ejected, because, you know, if you're dealing with a bunch of players, it's not going to be difficult for them to come up with undesirable <laughs> members of, a, uh, of a, an ordered society. And that being their redeeming value is, I quite like. I think that's pretty cool. There was, well, as far as I know, there still is, a um, Arthur C. Clarke novel, I think The City and the Stars, which has elements of this. It is it is a very a very insular society, and there is, it's been decades since I've read it, but there is some indication that the, the protagonist is kind of there 
as a safety valve mechanism on mm. that uh, on that society that there are others who sort of perform lower level safety valve mechanisms but this is sort of the okay we've gone far enough quite an old book i suspect because i remember reading it as a kid also arthur c clark's been dead yes so, so that was me how about, how about you what did you what did you come up with well it ran around in my brain for a good long time um and but what inspired uh, inspired me to think about is um have you watched the show adventure time at all I've seen the occasional episode here and there, and right. I've seen the memes. So you, obviously, you can't avoid the memes. You've got the um, you've got you have the basic impression that it, Adventure Time is what you would get if you had an extremely energetic and creative six year old running your D and D game. Yes, with some backstory to my understanding, because there is to oh, my limited there understanding, there is a bunch of backstory there. They just hide it well it's it's all it, it gets resolved and to be fair that at some at some point that the um your exuber- exuberant young gm comes up some real heartbreaking stories from time to time but certainly early on it is a lot of we're going to do the thing how much sense does it make none at all but that's fine we're going to do the thing one of the because that the, the it stars finn the human and Jake the dog, who are brothers, adopted, obviously. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't going to necessarily go with obviously. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but this is adventure time. Mm-mm. Princess Bubblegum, the entire existence of Lemon Grab. Yes, yes. I mean, the, the, the questions questions become thorny very quickly in that, in that context. But some people, and this is not by no means the only time this has happened, posited that the adventure time show, all the adventures that go on, are in fact the inner world of Finn the human, who is in a coma, remembering his dog Jake and other characters, people in his life, like the the and the and you were there and you were there scene from The Wizard of Oz, basically. And I've seen this proposed or sort of similar sorts of things proposed for uh, Bill Watterson. What the hell was the um, Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes for, for Calvin? Yeah, for Calvin and Hobbes and. And so forth. And it seems like one of those particular killjoy things was like, oh, look, there is something happy and carefree. We'll inject some, oh, no, mortal coma, mortal illness kind of. Or, you know, someone has been is like mentally locked in and is dealing with some sort of trauma. There are lots of sad. Sh- there's lots of sad shit inside Adventure Time that you can be sad about. And other things have their own aspects that's built in. Why try and crust this, I mean, it's good. So sad. The sads are good sometimes, but yeah, why try and crush something as that? It's sort of genuinely joyful in there. It seems like a bit weird. Because nerds are awful and must be stopped. Sorry. Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically that. <laughs> but we can't be. So I'll continue. <laughs> my my counter proposal is that. As, as a form of therapy or sort of oneronaut kind of intervention or inception, I guess, which is probably as close as, close as anything. Basically, the the, the 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 characters in the game are going into someone's mental landscape and attempting to, to shake them out of whatever they're currently dealing with. It could be like, it could be a coma, it could be some sort of depression, it could be something to um, 
to that. And effectively, they're doing a therapeutic version of Inception or something, or something of those sorts of things. And the perception filters that they apply can be of different types. And for example, the adventure filter is where the, 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 the protagonist, their, their, their patient, is the hero of the story and can overcome challenges and take on things and build their confidence. And you could have a, like a, a mystery filter where, you know, where the, the, the patient's discovering things and solving problems and working out puzzles. Or maybe a tranquility one where things are peaceful and calm and, you know, you can, and there's a bit of more a sort of self-exploration or unraveling of things or something like that. So, so there's sort of different options, but the, the significance of the filters comes from, if I was... Um, don't know whether I'd use sort of like a fate-based system or a more apocalypse world moves-based system, but the idea is that the abilities of the play- of the, the characters basically move emphasis on one sort of emotion to another. And you know, with a successful role, like it's like okay, we'll move sort of transmute fear into anger or something like that, and then we can do we can change we can change the anger into determination or something similar, and kind of map out. And there are these emotion wheels which seem very colourful and um, interesting arrangement of emotions in a very ordered pattern, which why it makes me sceptical that they're very that they're based on anything more than people's observations and cultural biases, but still kind of cool, <clears throat> useful this for this um, kind of thing. And the idea is to, when you're dealing with a particular patient, you use your skill sets to change things around. And the filter changes the rules on how you do that, where the emphasis where the emphasis is placed. And this is another one with these things where I've gone, hey, here's a vague idea about a, a mechanic. It's built into everything in the game, and if I don't come up with the whole thing, it's never going to work. It's not just like a, an, an add-on sort of thing. But the, the idea would be effectively herding tokens around a, a board, effectively, with different sort of connections, and occasionally saying... All right, I use my specific ability to move to move some from here to here, but there being some costs to the players to do things and results that sort of it mean that if it's not always just all right, we just shunt everything from left to right. There is there there is a bit more sort of nuance to that, and you get to make good adventuring in or you know exploring in the story that give you good outcomes and say. All right, we're 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 by doing this, we've boosted this person's self confidence. But there's been some, you know, there's been some like overflow into selfishness or something like that, and you sort of kind of move things around and so like try and get the best outcome that you've got from the circumstances and the skills that you've got. And you're big kind of sort of like, yes, we're going to do. And I think we kind of came up with an idea was possibly the big red couch dimension hopping episode. Or something similar where we were I think we we're talking about right we, we we're, we're in an impasse we're going to pull the lever on the the dimension hopping couch and go to some place where we've got an option I think we've discussed something vaguely some of this before but this yeah, this relies on, bell. yeah this relies on dodgy psychology rather than dodgy quantum physics so from a certain point of view it's an improvement certain point of view yes <laughs> I am Im- imagining the, the sort of the the token track or token wheels is almost like a game of Ludo or something similar. A little bit, yeah. 
But the idea that it's not just turning them right around one thing. It's like, oh, I've got a, I, I'm good at moving tokens to this spot. I'll shoot. I'll, I'll, I'll take a bunch from here to here. But there's sort of con. There's, there's, there is a, there is a consequence to that. It's like there is something that kind of builds and the, or, you know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do my, my classic move that does this thing. Oh no, I failed, which means that things don't. We have to deal with the outcomes of that. Or I'm gonna do my classic thing, but I'm gonna fail deliberately to get that that result that is normally a failure state. Just as a, as as an interesting reversal, maybe take take a hit and say, all right, why in this thing I'm the the character of the the plucky squire helping the the heroic knight. I'm going to do the foolish thing and ride off and 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 do something like this just so we can we can address the issue on the um on the meta game as it were rather than because it is it is it does have that uh, at least a two-layered thing that yes we're playing we are we are acting out this game uh, this uh, we're acting out the scenario within uh, within the patient's psyche but we're also trying to accomplish something as therapists which is kind of why i think fate might be interesting for it because you could definitely do a lot of um aspect-based stuff yeah uh, yes I, I like i like the idea that you can yeah that you could fail at a thing and make things worse or you could succeed at something too well and push somebody sort of all the way through confidence into arrogant asshat mm, yeah or make the entire process just the process a bit too jarring or something like that 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 is mm. the kind of the kind of nuance you have to drill down into because it's a, it's it's a delicate risky kind of thing and possibly while you're you're shoring up one side of the sand, sand castle the other side might be crumbling so yeah like to put well it's not um you know oh no we 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 gave them too many feels and their head exploded it's more um that wasn't the ideal outcome that we wanted, but it's pr- we helped, and that's pretty good. Mm. It's more likely that will come back and affect the team more than you know. It was like, oh no, we've given this person rage- galloping narcissism because we we we, we over- overly flattered them while they were while they're playing the, or they are playing in this kind of psychodrama. But yeah, there's been more like, oh yeah, we didn't do so well that we could have done better here, sort of thing, and maybe have that reflect back. And the characters themselves. So yeah, definitely going to have some tiered character stuff to it. I'm quite liking the idea that the sort of within the the, the internal dream worlds um, or internal bits of the dream, I just had this image of something going slightly sort of things going slightly wrong. That you've got yeah, somebody has decided, okay, I'm I'm going to go and be the 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 plucky but foolish squire that this person is going to have to rescue. This will help, except it doesn't quite work out that way. Possibly the wrong person mm. ends up as the squire because that fits better with how how the patient sort of sees the world and sees themselves. And so suddenly the person with entirely the wrong skill set is attempting to be the plucky squire when, in fact, they actually needed that person to do the other bit. So things... Yeah. It was just something that occurred it occurred to me. Hmm. Mm. It would be. I think that would be great if it means that I was like, "Oh, we've got somebody who's slightly out of place," but they're, so they're going to have to improvise using their their aspects or skills or approaches to to their role rather than the normal thing that they do, which would be which would be kind of fun. And I think, yeah, maybe the um, maybe the consequence or the jeopardy that 
you're that you're in is maybe making making as much progress as you can before the the the, the dream or the reality falls apart becomes sort of rejected so the idea is to um to keep that mm. on track as long as possible maybe maybe switching the the filter will shake things up a bit so you buy a bit of time or it's like okay we've got a, we're in a situation where we've got lots of this going on but we know if we know because we're, we're professionals if we switch the filter we can then use our abilities to channel it into the other places which are, which we think is a good fit but yeah it would all be kind of there would, there would be a bit of there would be a bit of game plan strategy around that side in that case and it would be being played out to some degree amongst the characters as much as the players because they're like going okay yes we're we've got lots of i don't know if you, you if you if the game in question would include the horny filter or something but it's like okay we've got lots of this is being this is being addressed we'll channel it other places and then change or we'll change the filter so we can channel it other places so we've got different options so yeah i think that would be mm. an interesting kind of yeah it's complex as hell and to make it work properly would be like and you know make it work so it doesn't just make sense to my brain i think would take a lot of a lot of effort but i, I kind of like the the sort of back of the back of the um cigarette packet kind of sketch and the idea that taking that kind of depressing oh no everyone's in a coma retelling of things and saying like well that's because you know this is the way they get better this is this is the wizard of oz is you know partially uh, somebody addressing a problem rather than just wacky meanderings about a gold standard what Oh, you hadn't heard that? I'm sure I've told you about this before. <laughs> I I have vague memories. This is Wizard of Oz is an allegory for the removal of the gold standard in the U- US um, financial system or something? I think that some cr- very, very strange person picked up on a possible thread and basically made, made it their personal um, fanfic about that. I don't think it was Frank Albaum. I could be wrong though. I think we, we did look I did look this up last time. I was like, oh right. It's like oh, somebody read this 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 whimsical children's story and decided it was about federal control of finance. <laughs> I'm glad that crazy suppositions like that uh, don't take hold in this day and age. Tumbleweed wanders by. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. So- I, I like the idea of this. I mean, partially what what I like is the idea that there is this sort of racetrack type thing on the table with, with little tokens, just because I'm a fidgety person, as Ben can attest to based on having to do the um, audio and the audio editing. Yes, yes, you, you've destroyed the ceramic cup from the a couple of episodes ago at my request, I take it, or at least put it well out of reach. It's sitting directly in front of me and it is taking everything I have not to play with it because it is filled with brightly coloured pens. It's like a bowl of M&Ms in front of a toddler. What was I thinking? (laughs) It it seems you have made this harder for yourself than you needed to. I really, really have. And now I've drawn my own attention to it, which makes it so much worse. Um, yeah, so the I yeah, sort of imagine as you say, sort of getting that mechanic sorted out would be would be pivotal. 
but done done right and assuming you go with an actual physical physical racetrack kind of thing you could also effectively write a bunch of the rules for the mechanic onto that physical prop to mm. make it make it easier mm. to understand I, I kind of I'm kind of liking the idea of yeah because you've got the whole thing of of at some point the dream is going to end but if you change the filter you can reset it so maybe there is a you know sort of for every move sort of every every significant move you make the dream gets a little bit closer to collapsing and the person wakes up mm. so I'm, I'm quite yeah. liking that mm. and possibly from a prop aspect you could have different tracks for different scenarios mm. or different different sort of patients or something like that. or different filters maybe that's the thing that changes is like all right we've moved the parts we are flipping to this filter what happens now and the rules and so forth are are there for you shades of the game torg because that kind of had the the rules were differently yeah. in no, different that did cross my mind yeah the different um the different realities this is a bit more fluid and less run by evil alien Aztecs, I want to say. But yeah. I think it depended on where they came up. Probably. Yes, I think that's probably right. <laughs> I, I played a game of the relaunch of Torg, but I'd be lying if I said I understood what was happening or that it was a good game. <laughs> or the person running it had any interest in you knowing or experiencing either of those things. Indeed. I, th- I think it, it falls into my... Yeah, that, that one is my sort of... Yeah, that is the single worst Gen Con game I ever played. I was genuinely glad that it finished early. You've got to have one of those stories, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it, it, and, and it, it's nice to have that, that, that baseline. Um, yeah. And, yeah, then and, I went know, off and had lunch with some friends at um, um, Steak and Shake. So, yeah, it wasn't all bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you, you and your and your Gen Con NATO doesn't involve like um, personal hygiene or you know firearms. So cool. <laughs> yeah, I, you, I mean the, the 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 idea of a stink of gamers is is a thing. But to be honest, maybe I've just been very lucky. But I've never run into into the the sort of the stinky hell beast scenario at at any con. But even at Gen Con, I think the worst, the worst, the, the, the worst I could say about Gen Con in that department is that when you get 70,000 people crammed into a space in an Indiana summer, there isn't an air conditioning system in the world that can keep up with that. It's not a smell mm. of unwashed people. It's just a smell of 70,000 people mm. in, in a warm climate. It, yeah. That is, that is a fact. I, I, no, I, I am quite, I am quite tickled with that idea. I am quite tickled with the idea of sort of the poking bits of somebody's psyche to, 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 metaphorically speaking, make their toes wiggle. Yeah, I mean, you could probably do a good union kind of dream space kind of thing with it as well. I don't know if that's still fashionable. Seems more fashionable than Freud, but you know, mm-hmm. not hard. I, I was trying to come up with a tasteful way of, of coming up with a prop for the Freud one. But the only thing I've got is that every time you move around, you pump slightly more air into an inflatable penis in the middle of the table. <laughs> well, now there's props. Now you're talking about merchandising and stuff you can sell. Yes. Ah, so this 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 could be sort of okay. So th- th- this could be sort of adventure filter Freud edition. 
where like yes. all the little tokens yes. are just tiny little penises. Um, no, I think the inflatable one, ex- ex- except it, it resolves uh, ultimately to be to have Freud's face and then deflates going, your father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, this is so wrong. Okay, maybe that's maybe it's taking too far. <laughs> I think it's taking it too far enough. Fair enough. It would be a um, uh, a challenge to get that uh, that particular Kickstarter <laughs> stretch goal, as it were. Um, I mean, manufacturing is going to be an issue. I, I grant you, mm. but um, yeah, there are there are a variety of inflatable toys for children out there. The technology exists in more tasteful forms and less tasteful forms. Uh, let's be clear. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. Uh, okay, so stepping away from the the, the, the sort of Kickstarter um, extended tier Freudian psychoanalysis edition, <laughs> presumably it also comes with a copy of the movie Road to Wellville, because man, oof, yeah. Oh, the, the oh my god, the Freud Kellogg edition. I'm getting off track. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> I could be argued that I'm still on brand, but I'm definitely off track. Um, yes, I quite like. No, I, 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 like I say, I am very taken with that idea. That is, that is, that is quite fun. Sort of ferreting around in somebody's, uh, in 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 somebody's mind, because you're essentially got almost players, players being the GM to a certain extent. Hmm. And I think we maybe we maybe cross this with the Juan Bobo game. The idea that the um and the the one that I positive for that one was where the gm is the poor hapless one and the players the players played the circumstances and the bullies that um that they faced so it's sort of like the the, the the players will be guiding again i think we've run into this a couple of times the idea that the the players guiding the gmpc who is the cent- the, the center of the action but in some regard needs their assistance and i think that's uh, yeah does it does ring a bell and i mean to a certain extent if you've got a a scenario or a a type of game that kind of wraps around one focal character then one of the obvious solutions is to make damn sure that none of the players are that focal character i think it's more that the the character that character has less agency and less scope Mm. in the situation they're the the one being helped i mean let us not not come up with the escort mission system being a Craig Ruin role-playing games forever, but it does kind of have a central, the idea that the, the protagonist of the story isn't the focal point of, isn't the focal point of the story. There's someone who's being uh, kind of launched along and the Mm. interesting characters, all the second bananas are the ones that are getting to do the fun stuff to a degree. That does, yeah, that does make sense. I don't know if ever, uh, we'll ever see it work, but yeah, there's there's something, there is a gap there. I'm not, I've not come across anything quite like that because you kind of have a, I mean, we've run into circumstances where players are leery of playing in like a game with a military hierarchy in it because they don't want to take any orders from any other, from another player on the off, cha- on, you know, out of principle. Sometimes out of principle, sometimes because they've previously been in a game with that guy. 
that guy does get around. They have been in many games that you know. <laughs> that 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 guy. It's I mean it's the it, it's the classic hero with a thousand faces, but in this case it's right. that guy with a thousand faces. I mean, I've I've been in at least one game where there was that guy, even though they didn't want to be because the GM wanted them to be, which was a very weird experience. Oh, wow. Um, that guy by proxy. Yeah, it it, it <laughs> was it was strange. Like when you're trying to slip notes to another member of the party without the GM noticing you because <laughs> they would like some suggestions from the other player characters but the gm won't let you blink twice if you want us to to, to save you kind of <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a different take on the um yeah i don't recall you mentioning that story but it possibly because i blocked it from my mind it was it was a very entertaining game. I think everybody, with the possible exception of that guy by proxy, had fun. But it, what the yeah, there were a few sort of looks around the table at times of just a, okay, if we ignore the elephant in the room, maybe it will go away. <laughs> that, that's always worked in the past. Narrator, but it did not go away. It got bigger and started playing a trombone. <laughs> wow. So that that's interesting. That is. It is against my principles as GM to railroad the players. The player singular, however, it's fine. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that is really interesting. <sighs> Traveller 2300 was the system. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it really sounds like maybe the GM had a really cool character, a really cool concept in mind, and goddamn someone was going to play it. Yeah, I... I, I have no answers for you, Frodo. Um, mm. It is a mystery. I have no memory of this place. <laughs> this is our armchair psychology episode, apparently, so... Yeah. Ooh, nice. Good stuff. That would be a fantastic name for the game. Mm. I mean, not the best name, but I just like the idea of a game called Armchair Psychology. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Because... The hope is, you know, this will actually be mildly therapeutic and like a well-meaning attempt to to help growth and healing rather than just sort of bloviating. Oh, okay. So definitely not a picture of a sort of a, a heavily patterned couch, sort of psychiatrist couch on the cover. Okay, well noted. <laughs> and definitely not an inflatable Sigmund Freud in the middle of the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a terrible terrible kickstarter stretch goal but i kind of like it which makes me a bad person and you probably couldn't play this in a room with children there that feels bad not sure yeah no that's that's all all kinds of wrong all right we'll leave that in the hands of the big red couch marketing department for the moment they'll, they'll come up with something indeed hopefully uh hopefully by erasing it from existence forever all right <laughs> yeah yes some sort of memory erasure would be nice so I, I guess that takes us to the end of of of, of the the content for the episode. Yes, we are after the the lull of the uh, the start of the or the end of the old year and the start of the new. We are getting back into it with a race of relatively breezy two ideas. Only one is 
utterly reprehensible if you take it too far. I guess that's the, the rules. I mean, I, I feel like a mind could be made utterly reprehensible if you took it too far, but you're getting into Zardor's mm. territory at that point, and nobody wants that. Oh, yes. Giant stone heads can't be wrong. I I don't have a good response to that. I'm sorry, I've been trying to think of one, <laughs> but um, it's just all I've got is some horrifying references to uh, Sean Connery's weird string bikini thing. It's just, no. And an awful moustache, possibly? It was the seventies or so. That was that was That's that was regulation actually. awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get a you get a pass. It was the seventies. Nobody knew any better. Uh, they'd only recently discovered yes. how to grow moustaches. After all, they were still trying to get the basics down. Facial hair had only recently been invented. His outfit, which was pretty much red vinyl bandolier, modesty pouch, boots, and ponytail. Yeah, it uh, it was a lot. So. It, it made the bikers from Mad Max 2 look like they were sensibly dressed for conditions. <laughs> Indeed. It's uh. yes, the sort of outfit that has Lord Humongous saying, Dude, what are you wearing? <laughs> yes. Anyway, so thank you for listening to that, um, uh, audience. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know when the Kickstarter for the uh, Sigmund Freud edition uh, comes out. I'm hoping that's never. Yes, yes, that would be ideal. Uh, and so that, that leaves us with only a couple of bits of business, um, such as announcing the winner of uh, the, the poll for the topic for episode 170. So it was it was a um, for the, the level of of, um, of voting that we get. It was it was a fairly close competition. But uh, the winner came to us from the um, the agile and nimble brain of Taz and is mad science. Don't try this at home, kids. Hmm. And, of course, we have wonderful options to vote for for episode 171. And so, for episode 171, uh, we have the the following list of options. Immigrants from the 50s. And there was a note attached to this saying that we don't know where it came from, but the note further went on to say that it was totally not my fault. Which... Points to there's only one possible culprit, and it must be Crane. Story checks out, I'll allow it. The next option is, it's a Mad Max Utopia from John. Alternatively, we have Gangsters of Dreams from Terry. And last, but definitely not least, An Unusual Amount of Elvis from Alex. I still can't decide whether that last one is just like an Elvis fat joke or not. It yeah, could go either way. what he described as... I always um, recall the Civilization One icon for an entertainer it was like, I think almost from the, the the very earliest epoch is apparently somebody in a spangly suit, but you got multiple entertainers per cities to keep your populace happy. So they were not Elvis or Elvises, but Elvi. So yes, you, that, that might be a usual quantity of Elvis. Rather than the mm. usual volume of Elvis, an unusual Elvis demographic. Hmm. Well, that's yeah, the thing is that at that point it was like working up to be like an entire sector of your society. So it's like, what? Who's to say what unusual is at that point? So yes, you find other societies that have no Elvi. That's an unusual amount of Elvis. We are already putting yes. way more thought into this than we usually do. <laughs> Indeed. 
All right. So thank you again, everybody, for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. Welcome to 2022. Let's hope it's better than 2021 and 2020. Yay! And, um, yeah, good luck to you all, and uh, hope there are many fun games happening out there, somewhere in the wastelands of gaming. Hmm. We'll see you later. Good night. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!